Welcome to The Holt Story, a podcast where tech leaders discuss the biggest trends and challenges in cybersecurity technology. Brought to you by Tech Data, one of the world's largest technology distributors. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Holt Story, where we go deeper into the topics and technology impacting our industry. I'm your host, Tracy Holtz, and today we have Kathleen Curry, Senior Vice President, Global Enterprise Channels, OEM and Strategic Alliances at McAfee. Kathleen is a channel legend leading channels at Motorola, NCR, Apple, and now McAfee. Welcome, Kathleen. Thanks, Tracy. It's great to be here. We're excited to have you on our podcast today, and certainly I'm really excited to host you and talk about the opportunities ahead for McAfee and then um, a little bit about what, you know, Women's History Month and International Women's Day means to all of us as women in the channel today. Terrific. I'm excited to talk about all those things. Excellent. Well, today I thought we'd maybe kick off the discussion and just start talking about the global security market. Okay, that's great. That's a big topic. And I guess it's a good place to start because there's been an increase in security breaches over the past few years and certainly some big ones just in the past couple months. Yeah, no, absolutely. Solar winds is a top topic right now. You know, that continues to lead the market um, around, you know, what it means from government to large enterprise and what it means from a system perspective. But certainly, I think we've all recognized that the threats continue to accelerate in, you know, this pandemic and new norm that we live today. And I know as a technology company and endpoint provider, you certainly see that on the forefront in your, your lab environments. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're in a good industry right now, but it's unfortunately becoming more and more important to, to be very aware of these things because we don't see them you know, going away. In fact, I think that the threats are just increasing. So really important topic for all of us. And, and we are here to, with you, uh, protect our customers and it couldn't be more important than ever. Yeah, it's sad to say, but security breaches do drive adoption. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They do. They make us all aware of our vulnerabilities. But at the same time, I think that gives us an opportunity to address them. And I will say it's a complex market out there. These are complex breaches, but there's lots of different choices. And so I think the good news is that, you know, we've got a great platform for our customers to evaluate and uh, the threats do, um, hopefully you're, you know, it's it's good to use the threat when it's not hitting you to protect yourself against it. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think, you know, you being McAfee at the forefront of the threat landscape, what are you seeing from, you know, solutions that are being adopted today? Well, we're seeing a lot of momentum around cloud security. And of course, endpoint security continues to be of utmost importance. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about cloud security. There was a lot of talk around, you know, election, inauguration, major threats happening to large cloud providers like AWS and Microsoft. What is the current threat level that you're seeing today? Well, the threat level remains really high. But, you know, it's interesting, Tracy, because the risk isn't as much at the cloud provider as it is with the user that is not configuring their platforms as securely as they need to be. So it's really at the enterprise level. The big compromises we've seen have almost exclusively been with the user of those cloud service providers solutions and not necessarily with the cloud service provider themselves. Now, of course, SolarWinds is something different, and that is with the software provider, um, but that was not in the cloud. Yeah, you bring up something interesting when you talk about the cloud providers and it being at the user level. 
you know, is that because you're seeing, you know, partners accelerating digital transformation, accelerating cloud adoption, or, you know, protecting cloud applications? Are you seeing them be dependent on the providers versus looking at a multi-level, more security architecture approach, I would say, around adopting like McAfee's cloud application, you know, security protection, those kind of solutions. Are you seeing that not happen at, you know, deployment level when they're migrating clouds workloads? Yeah, that that's correct. And we're not, we're definitely not seeing the adoption happen fast enough to take that protection on you know, the user selves. And certainly we're working with our partners to advocate that to our our customers. So the way you said it at the beginning, I think is very true. And I think customers are, which I'm using synonymously with the word user, are relying on the cloud provider to provide that security level. But when they really need to be thinking about their responsibility to provide security across the entire flow from endpoint all the way to the application that's sitting inside the cloud. And in addition to that, they need to be thinking about having a centralized view of the organization and drive security policies and have you know, thought through threat responses and have uh, defined processes around that. What we find is too many organizations rely on that cloud provider and or they're delegating the security responsibility to individual functions inside their organization. So as an example, you know, having HR be responsible for providing security to the HR application, finance providing security to the finance applications, and not having that centralized view and understanding how threats are hitting the organization across the board and having set um, policies to apply against that. Yeah, I think that's key to talk about a little bit further when you think about, you know, just what specific security challenges are around a cloud security, you know, nature, what kind of maybe are the leading areas of uh, threats? Well, I certainly think the leading area of threats, I mean, bad actors are looking for places that, you know, you're compromised or our, our users are compromised. Right. So that's why we believe that the most effective approach is having, you know, a central multi-cloud security platform that, you know, enables an organization to drive single data protection policies. And, and that couldn't be more important. And having the defined response processes just re and, and people to support that, by the way, <laughs> just reinforces that. So the the threats come to places where they know you're compromised, right? So what we're getting from a cloud provider or a software provider, those bad actors know is not enough. And they're gonna poke all in and around those places and find where an organization hasn't thought of. And that's why that centralized view is so important. And when you think about the last year, I think all of us, you know, kind of set out into letting our team members, pushing our team members to work remote, right, through this new pandemic, you know, coming back from RSA, uh, (laughs) where we all were actively together, right? Now, it's I can't believe it's been almost a year that that, you know, has now transpired. And now we're in this new norm, right? And if we think about the pandemic and how it's impacted spending around digital transformation, you know, accelerating cloud applications, simply because of this hybrid nature that will continue to thrive really post pandemic even. How do you see that changing, you know, with how, with the vaccination rolling out, but also just in this new norm? I I think we have seen a dramatic change in how we're all working. And I don't think that that's going to change because we might go back to work. 
I think forever the way we work is been modified. And even when we go back to work, the threat still exists. But if we think about what happened, you know, a year ago, to your point, all of a sudden we all went home. We started doing work on maybe laptops that our organization sent home with us, maybe on our phones that aren't work phones or supported by our companies. We did all kinds of things that created an environment that as a whole, the world was not used to. But fast forward a year, this is how we operate. And so you cannot now be thinking about a post-pandemic world and think that all of a sudden we don't have to continue um, operating from a security standpoint in providing exponential protection, you know, from home worker all the way into, into the cloud and in the use of the applications in the cloud. I think that's just forever changed. And so we might go back to work or we might be in a modified work from home perspective after we've all been vaccinated, but I think that it's forever changed. Yeah, I mean, I certainly would love the day that we get to see each other in person, right? <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. um, in a post-vaccination that we're all, you know, safe and healthy. But I do agree. I can't agree with you more, right? Um, the new workplace of the future is this hybrid environment that we live and work out of home, and you know, frankly, it changed all of us, right? And I think it's only going to continue to accelerate from the way that we work virtually, but then also, you know, how we collaborate and kind of work together in terms of meetings and larger events kind of participation long term too. So it's interesting. Do you see yourself having, whether that be from a security perspective, challenge that position around the market with your partners or with the end customers at all? Or are you seeing them continue to adopt in that manner too? We're seeing that continue to accelerate, the adoption to, con- to continue to accelerate. So for us, I'm looking at it from a security standpoint, I think it's just going to increase. And, you know, as we've seen with, you know, the recent very um, public uh, issues that we've had with the likes of solar winds, I know there are others, but it's only going to continue, right? The, the complexity, the, um, the level of in- infiltration that these new bad actors are getting, you know, I think is just going to continue. And we've got to get ahead of it. We've got to get in front of it. We can't be thinking about um, just detection and, and response in a reactive way. We need to be thinking about it in a proactive way and get in front of that. Um, because I think that those bad actors and that are creating these threats are just getting smarter and they're very patient as well. So they're learning about how we're changing and, and they're changing as well. Yeah, I love that you brought that proactive part to that discussion. I sat on a panel not that long ago where I talked about the importance of resiliency in a security kind of uh, focused manner and being more proactive versus reactive and, and how critical it is to SMBs, to enterprise, frankly. But when we think about just you know the, the level of, importance around threat feeds, threat intelligence, right? And how do we bring that kind of data and consumption to all markets really, to really mitigate and incorporate into SOC or, you know, security policies is so critically important. So I'm glad you touched on that. If we maybe shift the topic for just a second, if you don't mind, to endpoint security. This I know to me is McAfee has been a leader in endpoint security and for many years. And this, you know, 
as you continue as a company make investments around endpoint security, where do you see maybe those investments being focused on? Is it that proactive approach? Is it uh, integration into um, like advanced, I don't want to call it advanced EDR, but automated response and detection, you know, all of those capabilities, right, that McAfee's invested very deeply around their endpoint. Where else do you see kind of endpoint evolving to? So you hit on a lot of great things just right there. I mean, I think the number one thing is, you know, endpoint security is vitally important. It's going to continue to be. I mean, we just talked about all of the ways that, you know, we're using endpoints differently than we did, you know, a year ago. I mean, you and I, Tracy, probably have been, you know, mobile and and working from all different kinds of places just because of our, our, our jobs. But there are a whole host of people who were never working from home, you know, in their careers. And so endpoint security is going to continue to be extremely important. But like we've been talking, you know, it is not just about the endpoint, right? It's, it's the endpoint combined with web protection, right? Making sure that that home worker or wherever you're working from, right, are protected from web, web-based threat and adding in data security. And then in, advance, in, in front of that, like having a centralized view and management. And so I do think the focus is gonna become on that and looking at the organization holistically. And you you mentioned you know, McAfee's history and the un, it's an unimaginable amount of data that we have, but it's amazing because we can correlate it all and we can you know, make it available to the market and our customers to view and leverage so that you're not just looking at what's happening in your environment, you're understanding what's happening in the market with all of the information we have to get out in front of it and then go seek the bad actor versus wait for them to show up. So I do think that the investment is going to become very much more about that proactive, but it starts with the centralized view. And, you know, leveraging the data that's out there, there is a lot of data, right? It needs to be correlated um, for our customers in a way that they can take action on proactive action. Um, We happen to have a great product for that called Insights. um, But in general, that's, uh, that's where I think it's going. Yeah. And, you know, I love the title. I love the the brand insights, right? It, it's compelling. It's a market leader, true believer in the technology and, and really glad of our partnership together to drive that into the end customers from a visibility and adoption perspective. I'm going to shift the subject just, just, just a moment here. And as we look and reflect upon it's Women's History Month recently, you know, International Women's Day, all of us are women in tech. Um, and we have to, I believe strongly that we have to join hands, you know, lift each other up, empower each other. And it's such an amazing opportunity for all of us. And I'm very passionate about that. I mentor and, and I know you have a mentoring uh, program at uh, McAfee as well and foster that kind of environment too. Maybe you could share for our listeners just a little bit about your journey as a woman in tech and where it started. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd love to say that, you know, I grew up thinking I was going to be in technology <laughs> but I didn't. Um, I fell into technology. You know, I went and got my um, business degree at Santa Clara University in Silicon Valley. And so I, I fell, I literally fell into it and I fell into Oracle. And um, it, it, it seemed like it was the only company here in Silicon Valley when I worked there, but it was a really amazing starting point for me. And a great organization all around, but like 
a lot of um, right out of college um, employees, I had a, an interest to learn more about technology. So I had a marketing degree, but I ended up in a finance role in my first role, but it, it took me about a year and a half to realize um, where my heart and soul were. Um, and I ended up in a channel organization. Um, so I started in our, in channels in my career very early on. Um, I went back and forth to direct sales and channels at different organizations. Um, but again, I, you know, couldn't have asked to have fell into technology in a better place and had the opportunity to work at really amazing organizations like um, BMC Software, Cisco, Apple. Um, I did work for Simple Technologies and Motorola that were not based here, but had built my network out and in the Silicon Valley and found kind of people I had known or who had mentored me at those organizations and kind of pulled me along, just like you were talking, Tracy. So I've had the, an opportunity to work at really, really great companies and technology has been very good to me. And I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to help um, the folks that I've interacted with, all kinds of people, not just women, although that's very important to me, but it's been a really great journey. Uh, I, I, like you, you know, didn't start my career in tech. <laughs> um, 25 years ago, when I entered into tech, uh, I remember being at my very first cybersecurity conference. And I think I was one of maybe five to seven women at that conference. And I was looking around and didn't quite understand it, right? I, I mean, I kind of did, didn't. Um, but then I just, you know, started to network and inter interact with the women at the conference, getting to know what they were doing within the technology and area. But then also, more importantly, collaborated with the men and, you know, just from an opportunity of what they were and, you know, how they saw the opportunity for women in tech as well. And I've been very fortunate, similar to what you had shared from a historical perspective, too, you know, to surround myself with amazing men that have certainly invested in my career and my growth professionally, personally, and made me, you know, a better person. So I've been very fortunate for that opportunity. So it's exciting to hear, you know, um, like myself, you know, you've had an amazing career by all means, um, and channel chief at various companies and, and led women. And how do you see, you know, when you go out, uh, in, you know, internally in your company, maybe out in the channel as well, what do you see as advice for young women entering in the workforce today? I think it's important to find your voice and, and leverage it, <laughs> use it. And, and I mean that really from a whole host of different things. You know, I, I mentioned just a moment ago that I found my, you know, heart and soul in the channel. Um, I really enjoy working with businesses of all shapes and sizes. I love finding the win-win between, you know, manufacturer, vendor, and and partner and customer. And, you know, that's where I have found a really great space for myself. But I, I have realized what my strengths are, and have really leveraged them in a way that uniquely fits my approach. And I would encourage young women entering the workforce or, or finding their careers is to find out what their strengths are, what they're passionate about, and really leverage it. You know, I really, I remember as I was building my management experience and being really amazed by one leader about how he could walk into a room, command it, no notes, and speak for, you know, could be 10, 15 minutes, could be 30 minutes, 
speak well, talk about the financial state of the business. I, it was, you know, really, you know, serious, um, but really strong communication. And I remember wanting to emulate that, just be like him. And it took me a little while to realize, well, my style is very different. And I have to find my own voice. And I can be just as powerful delivering a message of similar importance, maybe even some of the same data, but it's going to be my voice. And I have to realize what that is and what resonates, you know, leveraging my own strengths and not try to be somebody else. So that's what I would advocate to a woman, a young woman entering the workforce is, is find your voice, emulate, or I, I should say not emulate, and, you know, impress your, your own strengths, learn what they are. They'll help you in the future in whatever job you do. Yeah, I love that you touched on that, the voice piece, because I have philosophy. You have to understand your voice, and it's okay to have a voice, um, and your voice matters, yes. and it's so critically important to learn that, and very early on, most of us as women, right, in early careers are a little bit more shy and timid around that. Not all, but certainly I had to learn my voice and find that it was okay, and certainly empowering to have that voice. So it's, it's such an amazing vehicle for all of us. So it's, it's amazing what it can do for you professionally and personally as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you think about the industry today and women, what do you see as next for all of us? Do you see, you know, more opportunity to provide, you know, peer groups, uh, mentoring groups? Do you see there's so many different opportunities in the channel today for women to come together, to network, to, you know, interact with each other and learn from each other. And I think it's so amazing when we do that. What do you see as next, maybe as a paradigm to that? You know, I, I think it's actually what I'm seeing right now is even inside my own organization, I'll use an example, is something that I'm seeing more and more. And I, I think what's, what's next is a continuation of the conscious effort to empower women in the workplace. And the example I'll give is things like, you know, ensuring you have women on your interview panels is a norm. Ensuring you have women, and it's not all about women, right? I mean, um, also underrepresented minorities in interview, you know, schedules and not, op- not letting people, not allowing people to opt out. You know, I'm very passionate that this effort for equality, no matter what we're talking about, it has to be a conscious one. It doesn't just happen. We, we, I think I've proven that over history many times and, and many good, many examples, some good, a lot bad, but it is conscious and we have to opt into that and we cannot allow people to opt out of it. And we as leaders, you know, set the standard. And so certainly in my own actions, um, I take that very seriously, but I advocate that all the time. It doesn't just happen. We're not just, you can't say I'm a good person and therefore all the right things will happen because of that. Um, it has to be conscious. I love you touched on that because to me, equality is all about owning it. We all own our own responsibility around equality. And it's so important because diversity 
is such an amazing piece um, of any business uh, and the opportunity to foster and have collaborative teams from a diverse uh, nature, just amazing what it can do to magnify all of our businesses. So I'm glad you touched on that. That was uh, very special to me as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Kathleen. I hope we can host you again in the future. I really appreciate you joining and look for you to attend any future episodes of The Holt Story. Thanks again, Kathleen. Thank you, Tracy.